and welcome to the Chiefs Bros Podcast. This is our Super Bowl edition part two. I'm joined by Jonathan. Jonathan, how are you? Uh, are you still feeling it? Am I feeling it, Mr. Krabs? Yeah. Um, the answer is yes. I'm still feeling it. Still kind of living in the glow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still feeling it. Um, you know, every time we win a Super Bowl, which is my, my new favorite phrase um, this week, <laughs> I tend to allow myself to celebrate until the parade. This year, man, I just, I just, I just kept feeling it. Like I'm still in celebration mode. Celebrate till the draft. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, we should, we should note right now a little, little podcast business. Um, your two favorite Chiefs bros are going to attend the draft in person this year mm. in Kansas City. We will coming, we will coming to you live from the draft uh, city. Uh, probably. Yeah, maybe. Maybe after the draft. <laughs> yes. The recording might happen live. Yeah. The posting of the podcast may not happen live. This is this is all news to me, so we'll see. We'll see how this no, goes. No, that's, that's fine. You can make promises this far in advance. Yeah. Because if, if we don't deliver, nobody's going to remember. So. Yeah. Uh, but in any case, we'll, we'll be attending the draft, which will be, if, I, if I'm right here, the first time that a city outside of New York, because New, New York used to host it all the time, a city outside of New York will be hosting the draft after their team wins the Super Bowl, which is the coolest thing to me because that means like the the focus is on Kansas City and the Super Bowl in the draft and then NFL kickoff. Yeah, so it's like we are we are front and center the entire offseason. It's so cool. Um, I'm insanely excited for the draft, uh, but I think we're going to save all of our offseason and draft content for a future podcast. That's right. We will continue recording podcasts uh, beyond just this one. Uh, but for tonight, uh, we're going to focus on Super Bowl Part Two. In, in Part One, uh, we'll do a little uh, quick, quick uh, previously on Cheese Bros podcast. Previously on Cheese Bros, <laughs> we discussed how the Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl Seven on a last-minute field goal by one Harrison Butker in only two hours. Yeah. Do you think we got two hours tonight? Oh, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but we'll see. We uh, just never know. Yeah, yeah. We, we we never have a time limit when we set this thing off. Yeah. It might go 45 minutes. It might go two hours. So in part one, we discussed the game beat by beat. We discussed our kind of emotional roller coaster as we you know went through that. Mm. Now it's kind of time to talk about all of the, the stuff. Now the confetti has settled. Talk about what this Super Bowl means for the coaches, for the players, yeah. the city. Just like all of the kind of immediate retrospective stuff. Also, some of our like, uh, you know, just the season as a whole. Um, what we thought prior to the season. Whether we were right, whether we were wrong. We were mostly right, obviously. Yes. Um, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just, just kind of this, this is us uh, putting the 2022 season to bed. Uh, and then from, from now on, we will talk about the future, which is just as bright as you could possibly imagine. Ooh, I mean, bright red. I don't, I don't know. This is, uh, I'll, I'll start off here maybe talking about this a little bit. Um, I just can't imagine things being better for the Chiefs franchise right now. Like we've, we've won two of the last four Super Bowls. We've hosted five straight AFC championship games. We've got a let's let's go ahead and, and, and like no one will say he's not top five quarterback of all time. 
Mahomes? Yeah. Gosh. We've got him on That's a... That's so crazy to say, but you're not wrong. On a team-friendly deal? Mm-hmm. Jonathan. Yep. Um, we've got one of the youngest rosters in the NFL. We've got adequate cap space. And we've got adequate draft capital. Yeah. Yeah, we're... It's, it's like we have the success of a perennial Pro Bowl, or sorry, perennial Super Bowl contender with the resources of a middle-of-the-pack up-and-coming team. Yeah. It's insane. It really is here right now. It is absolutely crazy. And I'm excited to talk about that. Um, now, I think you know, generally speaking, I'm not a fan of the legacy talk. Well, okay, because the legacy talk is usually couched in kind of that arbitration of greatness that we've talked about before, where yeah. it's like the grumpy old men like Skip Bayless talking about whether Patrick Mahomes is as good as Michael Jordan or some stupid... Yeah, I, I hate those kind of conversations. Um, I don't. I hate the premature legacy talk, which it almost all is premature. Mm-hmm. Um, now, all that being said, now is the time. It is. This is the, you know, not premature. This is just the mature time to talk about little legacy stuff, what the Super Bowl means. Yeah. Um, I want to start off by... Indirectly quoting something that Travis Kelsey said during his uh, one of his post game press conferences that I think really is a good starting point for this conversation. Uh, one of the things that he really reiterated several times was what was so special about winning this Super Bowl was that it solidified and kind of verified the first Super Bowl and mm-hmm. proved that that one was not just a fluke; it was not just a lucky run, like. This is greatness that you are seeing here. It's undeniable. There's nothing gimmicky about it. There's nothing fluky about it. And so, like, this Super Bowl just, like, cemented that first one as well. Well, he's right, because look at, look at the last couple of Super Bowl winners, okay? Outside of, um, I'll go ahead and say, outside of the two dynasties, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Patriots, right? Ooh, that was yeah. a loaded comment. We'll get to did that you later. Enjoy that? Yeah. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, the Rams. Won the Super Bowl, literally did the worst job defending it ever. In history. In Super Bowl history. Yeah, F them picks did not work out very well. Well, it, it worked out. Um, if, it if, it if did exactly what it was designed to do, yeah, which was if, win a Super Bowl. If your goal was to win one Super Bowl. And then fade into a rock. knocked it out of the park and <laughs> did not go for any extra credit at all. Um, the Buccaneers, yeah, they had Tom Brady, but that was basically the same thing. They loaded up on... Aging veterans mm-hmm. you know, made a push. You know, hats off to them. They won. Now they had they played a team with no offensive line. That feels like cheating, but they did. So the the Rams and the, and the Bucks to me that's the all in big push team. Before that, the Chiefs won. Before that, the Patriots won. Before that, I believe the Eagles won. But it was a very different Eagles team. Different head coach. Different quarterback. Totally different. Yeah, like only like two or three players of, of note that were on that team that were in Super Bowl 57. That was like the Cinderella team. Like the, can't believe they made the playoffs, but okay. And then they just ran the table because they were hot at the right well, time. Well, I don't, I don't know if can't believe they made the playoffs was, a, was, is necessarily the right way to say it because they had, like Carson Wentz at that time looked like an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, I think they were coasting to the playoffs and looked like an absolute Super Bowl contender. Then he gets hurt. Then you're thinking, okay, now this team has no shot. Yeah. And then Nick Foles goes on to one of the craziest playoff 
Well, never yeah. like Nick Foles on a heater. That was that was that Super Bowl. I think, if I may, the point that you're trying to get to here is that basically there's the New England Patriots dynasty. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, we all know it. And then, really, there's been since that, and even like you know during the kind of tail end of that, mm-hmm. uh, prior to 2018, there's these teams that went all in. Yeah, you know the Eagles. They were all in with the the strategy of young rookie quarterback, go all in around him, as many you know, talented veterans as you can, yeah. win the Super Bowl that way. They did it a weird way, but it worked. Um, then uh, the Patriots won another one. Uh, then the Chiefs came in, and they were pretty much the same thing. It was a young rookie quarterback, and we're going to go more or less all in yeah. around. This is when we had like Sammy Watkins, Anthony Hitchens, Frank Clark, guys who you don't build around, but you, you, you bring in for the push because you can afford that cap space. Yeah. A lot of like bad contracts if you look at them individually, um, but somehow the sum of the parts worked. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, two seconds in defense of uh, 2019 Brett Beach, Sammy Watkins and Frank Clark both showed up in the playoffs. That's very true. I mean, Hitchens was there as well. He, he was present. He present. He's just present for the playoffs. Present. I don't know if he was accounted for, but definitely present. Um, but the Chiefs were kind of that same situation where, like, we're young rookie quarterback, we're kind of just going to go all in, spend all of our cap. Uh, we traded a lot of draft capital for Frank Clark. Uh, maybe some other guys as well. I can't think of at the moment. Um, so basically, and then you know, like you already said, then there was uh, the the Rams. The Buccaneers before them, very similar situations. Those ones were even more extreme. Like we we're going all in on like a veteran yep. quarterback. Yep. We're going to be good for a year or two, and then everything that happens after that, who cares? Mm-hmm. So that's basically been the structure. It was Patriots dynasty and all in teams. Yep. That's it as far as winning the Super Bowl. The Chiefs, I think, have broken the mold, um, depending on how you look at it, in that they won the Super Bowl in a different way. Yeah. The Chiefs were on a rebuilding year, a year where they, not maybe that's a little too far, but definitely a retooling year. They traded away one of the very best wide receivers in the league for a bunch of a bunch of draft picks to draft rookies. That's yeah. a long term yeah. investment. The way I like to frame it is, we traded Tyree Kill for a defense. Yeah, and we really, you know, kind of ate our vegetables and bit the bullet on a lot of that cap space that we had been kicking down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing all of that. And in a year where all of that's happening, won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So this is this is kind of like an off-schedule Super Bowl, if you think it about was. That. Yeah. So I listened to our podcast from the start of the season. Like oh, yeah? new podcast. And I used the phrase, uh, I said, this is the year before the year. Mm-hmm. I don't really expect us to be in the Super Bowl this year, but next year's going to be great. Lo and behold, we went ahead and won Super Bowl. Yeah. Had a schedule. Yes. Uh... So yeah, like, like I said, this is, it's it's that's part of the reason to me for like the continued celebration. It's like it's not like this is the end, yeah, or, or even the midpoint. This is like it feels like the beginning of something. And, exactly. and I don't want to get too cocky, you know. I, I know that you know there have been lots of teams that have won Super Bowls that said, "Oh, this is the start of a dynasty." But I feel like the Chiefs have the best claim since the Patriots went like three out of four, you know, or back in the early two thousands. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and address the. The Patriot in the room, if you will. I want to talk about this because yeah. um, the Patriot dynasty, 
especially in the modern era where there is free agency and there is cap space and capital bits. Um, what they did was utterly insane. Just absolutely insane. I say that as someone that hates the Patriots. Um, just absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, I think I, I have seen a lot of people making the point that the Chiefs are now basically starting their own dynasty. Like we're the next version of the Patriots dynasty. You're going to see us for the next, you know, 10, 15 years. Yeah. Um, your thoughts on that? Um, and then throw it back to me. <laughs> You know, there's there's a saying that uh, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. Mm. An excellent quote. One of my favorites. Yeah. Ben Franklin said that. One of the best quotes of all time. Not as good as another one, but... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, for one, like, if if you're only... Like, if you're setting yourself up for, well, if the Chiefs are for real, they'll be as good as the Patriots. Why are you doing this? Compare yourself to the Todd Haley Chiefs. With Tyler Palco and Tyler Thigpen and various other inferior Tylers. Um, compare it to Elvis Gerback and, you know, whenever we thought we had the answer in Brody Croyle. And I'm not trying to hate on the Chiefs' pass. It's just like, this is, you know, we need to appreciate the fact that we are in the golden age of Chiefs football. Undeniably, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, I think that's why it's appropriate to do the legacy talk now. Yeah, is because we we need to understand the, like the 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 magnitude of the the phase of Chiefs football that we're in. Yeah, there will come a day. Uh, it's almost hard to even speak about it right now. Mm. There will come a day when Patrick Mahomes is no longer playing football. Happens to us all. Yeah, and when that happens, we're going to look back, and this stretch of Chiefs football will be the greatest stretch of Chiefs football of all time. Yeah, so just consider yourself lucky that you got to watch it. Yeah, so like yep. you already know you're watching like the greatest story you're going to see as like a Chiefs fan. So enjoy the story, you know, yep. don't rush through it. As for the Patriots comparison, um, I don't need to win six Super Bowls to feel good about the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, two Super Bowls is great. I love two Super Bowls. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's infinity more Super Bowls than we'd ever won in my lifetime before then. I mean, if... When we drafted Mahomes, if you had pulled like majority of Chiefs fans, say yeah. like, "Hey, would you take two Super Bowls with this guy?" Like right now? Oh yeah. Like I think one. Everyone would one. take you on that one Super Bowl. One yeah. Super Bowl, you say, "Oh yeah, throw in three more first round picks." Yeah. Um, and I think it's even like I don't know. Ha- happiness is a is a weird thing. It's it's an elastic thing mm-hmm. because it tends to mold to your expectations. Hmm. Interesting. And what what it basically comes down to is happiness is the feeling of exceeding expectations. Happiness is like the difference between your expectations and reality. So so if you win two Super Bowls, then your your expectations will shift to the we're like, oh well we can certainly win three more. Yeah. And then you're not happy if you don't win three more. That's just that's just stupid. You should you should be thankful for every Super Bowl that we win from here on out. Mm. Or every every time we make the playoffs. Every time we get to the AFC championship. You know, take it for what it's worth. Um, so yeah, I don't need to match the Patriots dynasty to feel vindicated as a Chiefs fan. But this, this is, I think, a point that's maybe lost on people. Uh, the Patriots were a very different team than the Chiefs are. For one thing, I think everyone thinks of Tom Brady just like you know, reaving souls out there as one of the greatest comeback players of all time. 
when it started out, <laughs> this is actually, this is, this is an interesting comparison. Think the 49ers drafting Brock Purdy in the seventh round, and then if he went on to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. That's really what happened with the Patriots. Because they yeah. had a very good defense coached by one of the one of the greatest coaches of all time. Probably probably right now the greatest coach of all time. I'll give it to him for now. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean I don't think there's any debate on that. Yeah. In terms of success. Yeah. Um but that's what the Patriots are giving. For one, zero next to zero draft capital invested in the quarterback position. And they got four years of Tom Brady on the cheap. Okay. Uh, but that was, that was like so much the defense carrying them to the first handful of Super Bowls. It was a long time before Tom Brady was the driving force of that team. I think people forget that now. That's, that's absolutely true. Like if you go look at his numbers in those playoffs and those Super Bowls, mm-hmm. um, even like when you adjust it for like the different era of football that it was in, yeah. it was kind of hilarious. Like, um, it's kind of like early Roethlisberger, just like getting carried to a couple of Super Bowls yeah. and winning them. Yeah. It was kind of like that. Um, so yeah, the the situation is very different. But I mean, the, 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 the players involved are totally different. Think about think about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick versus Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Those are polar opposites in style, in you know personality, everything. Bill Belichick, with all his success, still looks and sounds like one of the most miserable individuals in the world. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know if football is even fun for him. I don't yeah, know. It definitely seems like one of those guys that like losing is like extremely terrible, and winning is like the joy of winning is the absence of losing. No, this is the, for <laughs> them. This okay. Here's a here's another baseball um, analogy, and and this is funny because Tony Larusa of the Cardinals. I guess he's the White Sox coach now, but he used to he used to coach the Cardinals. He won a couple World Series. I've heard of him. Is good friends with Bill Belichick, hmm. and Larusa has said before that he hates losing more than he likes winning. I think a lot of people are that way. This is so true for Bill Belichick, too. I think I'm probably that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Belichick's like very much that way. Like, I, I, and I, and I've heard this from people who have played on the Patriots. Like, not that they've personally told me, I've, I've heard in articles and stuff, that it is not fun to play for the Patriots. It's miserable. No, it's grueling. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It's like you'll win a Super Bowl, but you will pay with like every ounce of your being. Um, Tom Brady, for that matter. Like he is like, he's like the original like internet hustle guy, where it's like, well, what if I never eat a carb and you know do like the cryogenic sleep bath? It's just living that grind like twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. He like he he low key tried hard for twenty years. He is competitive and driven to the point of being unhealthy. Yeah, um, which kind of that's a lot of sports is being obsessed with something to the point of being unhealthy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tom and Brady has that in spades. Yeah. And you've really already made the point that I was going to make. Um, one of them about like talking about like comparing this you know, current Chiefs era to like the Super or the Patriots dynasty. Um, the, the feel and the personality and the style is just so totally different. Yeah. You know, what is Andy Reid all about? He's all about letting players express and show their personality. Like you're going to follow the rules. You're going to be a team player, but he wants you to show that personality. And make that like a part of your game. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick would prefer it if you didn't have personality. No, 
If you were just like wants, a robot that went out there yeah. and blocked and tackled. He wants drones. Yeah, that, that's what he wants. Like, I, we're going to take you in your talent and we're going to mold you into football players. Whereas Andy's like, I'm going to take you and make you the best version of you. Um, I'm not saying one's like better than the other in terms of like success, um, but just very, very different approaches to coaching. And just like very different feels. Like Andy Reid is so like, kind of got this like happy-go-lucky, aw shucks, you know, mentality about him. Yeah. At least like, you know, publicly. I think behind closed doors, he's, he's very different. Yeah. Um, not that he's like putting out like a phony personality, but. Oh, I believe um, that Andy Reid could put the fear of God in you if you want. Oh, to. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but just like the way they present themselves is totally different. Just kind of like Andy Reid like exudes humility in a way that Belichick just doesn't Belichick's humble, but like you get the sense it's almost like a calculated. It's like yeah, he doesn't want to like, give you any bold reports. It's not like you know going to be like bragging and pounding his chest or anything. Yeah, but he's also like not afraid to just like throw a dude under the bus if like he was wrong. Whereas Andy Reid's like, I'll take the blame for it. I don't really care. Yeah. People, you know, get on talk shows and talk crap about me. I'm okay with just tanking that. Well, you just said that you know. It's two different ways to win. I'm not sure one's better than the other. I honestly think, and this is getting beyond the, the discussion of like a football legacy podcast, but like to me, success where you are like empowering the people around you and enjoying life and, you know, kind of like a life affirming success versus like a, like a, a life draining success. That's, that's better. That's more valuable to me. On a personal level, that's hundred percent true. Yeah. Um, like it's easier to, in your personal life. That absolutely. And this is why I don't understand. Why, I, I don't really understand the Chiefs hate as much because I mean the Chiefs are just they're a fun team to watch. Oh, I, I got some. The players involved. That. The players yeah. involved are fun. They're goofy. They're lovable. It's and I understand if you're a Bengals or Bills fan. Yeah, it, it sucks. There's the, the, a big old Kansas City Chiefs-shaped obstacle to your playoff success. But like the NFL at whole, like this, this feels awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I have a lot more thoughts about that, but yeah. before we leave the Patriots yeah. comparisons, um, so there's the main thing of like the, the feel and the style is totally different. Mm-hmm. Also, just acknowledge that winning, they won six Super Bowls. Uh, Brady won seven, but they won six with Brady. Yep. That's an insane, insane feat. Yeah. So don't, as amazing as the Chiefs current situation is, don't set yourself up for, well, we need to win six or seven. In order for me to be happy, because you're you're gonna be disappointed most likely. <laughs> just just accept that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's way better to be like enjoy the possibility of it. Yeah, absolutely. That's fun to think about. But yeah, it, it, it's all about like expectations. It it kind of reminds me of you know there's like fans of a book series and then a show comes out for it mm-hmm. and they set their expectations to a just completely unattainable level and then they just hate the show. It's like well you set yourself up for that. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing. If you set yourself up for, well, I expect the Patriots dynasty now out of Mahomes and Reed. Anything else is then like slacking or failing. Yeah. You're setting yourself up for disappointment, most likely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's that. Um, the last point I want to make is the Patriots dynasty is the Patriots dynasty. It already happened. It's in the books. It exists. Um, appreciate the Chiefs, the current Chiefs era, whatever that is, if you want to call it a dynasty or not, whatever it goes into, appreciate that for the thing that it is. Let it, let it breathe, you know, let mm-hmm. it be its own thing. Don't, 
I don't want this era of Chiefs to always be living in the shadow of the Patriots and Brady and Belichick. I don't I don't want in the fandom to be that way. Yeah. Um does that make sense? No, it does. Like, just like let it be like Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Reed is Andrew Reed. Yeah. They are their own thing. It's like I said in a, like a, in a previous podcast. I don't want to be the Patriots. Yeah. I want to be the Chiefs. Yeah, don't desire to be the Patriots. Because Patriots fans are terrible. We don't want to be like them. No. Terrible people. No. Alright. Um I think that's all I had on the Patriots thing. Um where do you want to go from here? Do you want to talk about the legacy stuff? Do you want to talk about how like nobody likes the Chiefs anymore? Where where do we want to go? Uh we can talk legacy. Um I don't the discussion tends to be it, like, you know, I, I have consumed some podcasts. I'm sure you have consumed some podcasts. Oh, I've consumed a many. Uh, the conversation needs to take two forms. One is where do Mahomes and Reed rank in the coach and quarterback rankings, respectively? Yeah. And two, which players are now Hall of Famers? Oh. Which I is like, interesting. I, I like both of those. Yeah. So we can talk about that. Um, yeah. Um, Why don't we start with the Hall of Famer question? Because I feel like that we can get roll that one through pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, so we got Reed. I'm gonna count him. He's yeah. He's in the, he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, that one's obvious. And, and by the way, before. There, there's a difference here between our current. Like if if the world ended today, they would be in the Hall of Fame, and they are on a Hall of Fame trajectory. I guess we should count. Let's let's start with the ones that like right now. Yeah. Are in right the, now, Hall of Fame. And then we'll do some guys that, like who's on the tra- trajectory. Yeah. And, and keep in mind here, you know, as we're grading these. I think I think so. It's been very well put. The baseball Hall of Fame is too hard to get into. The NFL Hall of Fame is probably a little too easy to get into. Sure. So so like like for instance, like Kurt Warner won one Super Bowl, appeared in three. He's in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he should be. Yeah, but that's that's the standard that they're on. Okay. Yeah. So with that, Andy Reid. Uh, so Andy Reid, he was locked in before. He's even this is just like confirms. He's like he's like so. First ballot yeah. Hall of Famer now. Um, Mahomes. Definitely. Uh, like, again, that's another guy that I think would have been locked in before, but, you know, definitely is now without a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Kelsey. 100%. Absolutely. He's going to finish as one of the greatest tight ends of all time. I've already put out the take there that I think he will end with the all-time record for yardage at the tight end position. Which he's got to play, like, what, three more peak seasons? To, to match Tony Gonzalez? Yeah. And Wait, I, hold on, hold on. Let me take a minute to, to talk about how special it is that we're talking about <laughs> whether the greatest tight end of all time is Chiefs present versus Chiefs past. Yeah. That's so cool. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, but with, with Kelsey, he's got the advantage over uh, Gonzalez of all the Super Bowls. True. Yeah. All the playoff games. Yes, it's very true. His, his record of like the touchdown, the kind of like the battery of a quarterback to a receiver as far as like playoff touchdowns, mm-hmm. I think they're above like Rice and uh, Montana, and they're like just below Brady Gronk. Is that correct? I'm not certain on that. That is extremely rarefied there. In any case, I think they're tied for all time now. And it seems it seems very likely that they'll you know, whoever is ahead of them they'll move up. Yeah, I mean next year when we're playing, I don't know the freaking Steelers and the wild card round, he's probably going to pass that. <laughs> um, so that's incredible. So yeah, you got those three. Um, I'm gonna throw Chris Jones in there as well. 
Because yeah. you, you got the Super Bowl success. Two, two Super Bowls. Two Super Bowls. And again, Super Bowls, that matters a lot. Lots, of, lots of Pro Bowls. You can argue whether or not it should be, but it's important. I think this was this was my this might have been his best regular season performance. Yeah. Well he was this, like an all pro, right? He was an all pro. This was the first time he's been a finalist, I believe, for Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. And like like I said in our podcast at one point, if you had if you looked at it now, given his success in the Bengals game, you'd probably give it to him. Yeah. Or well, he, he's another, you know, he's been kind of living in Aaron Donald's shadow this whole time. And finally, you know, Donald, due to injury, had like a down year. Finally. Um, so like he's been able to like really shine as like, this is maybe the greatest, uh, defensive tackle in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think Chris Jones right now would be there. Um, I think that's everyone, isn't it? You know, I've heard people talk about Joe Tooney. Tooney. The reason is because he has parts in Patriot Dynasty and Chiefs oh, Dynasty. That's true. That's true. I um, think so. That that's interesting to me. Yeah, it's, it's he's tough. Got to he's got a lot of rings now. Yeah. If you're just looking at like the, the question should be like, especially for linemen, it's like were they at some point the best at their position? I think you can say Tooney is one of the top three in his position right now. Mm-hmm. Two rings. Yeah, and he's got I believe three rings from Patriots and Chiefs. Yeah, I, I think he could absolutely be up there. And just like he's like one of the top guys and has been for a long time at his position. Yeah. The only other guy I could see here, um, this is, this is wild. Frank Clark. Oh boy. Dude is pushing, dude is, hold on. Two, two Super Bowl rings. Yeah. Dude is pushing postseason sack record. Yeah, that is correct. I'm not saying it's like, would I flip in the Hall of Fame? Probably not. But man, his credentials are piling up. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I know. I'm going to put him in the maybe projects. But I wouldn't, I don't, I don't feel good about it. Yeah. So he's definitely in like that second or third. He, he, fail, he fails the test of was he ever one of the top three in his position. Yeah. No, he was not. Well, and I, he, he's like an all-time gamer, though. I love playoff Frank Clark, yeah. but I think we also have to remember the regular season Frank Clark hasn't been like even a Pro Bowl caliber oh, yeah. player since oh, yeah. he left Seattle. No, I've um, said on this podcast I do not want Frank Clark on my team anymore. Yes, At this year I probably agreed with you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not. I'm probably going to say no to that one personally, yeah. but I can see the arguments yeah. for it. All right, I think that's all like the current ones, isn't it? Yeah, the trajectories. Uh, so this one's tricky because you're we have to like set a baseline of like what does what do the Chiefs do for like the next ten years? Yeah, and I think we, we should probably go ahead and exclude any rookies because who knows, you know, yeah. the rookies. I think we have to assume because like if I know that's like weird, uh, weird conversation to make here, but you know if they like never even got back to the Super Bowl. You know, that changes the conversation a lot yeah. between like, oh, they win like three of the next four. I think, yeah, you have to assume that, you know, since, since we're dealing with trajectory players, they stay with the Chiefs. They continue to ascend to like uh, kind of on their current path. And the Chiefs can probably win one to two more Super Bowls in the next five to ten years. I think that's a nice like even point, like yeah. right in the middle. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's reasonable. Um, I'll start off guys that I think could be in that trajectory. Um, I know he's not a, a current Chiefs player, by the way, but 
Tyreek Hill is probably right there. I was going to ask you, do you think he's a Hall of Famer? I do. I yeah. do. Um, I mean, look what he did. He's so special, yeah. so unique. He's got the, the Super Bowl success. He had a career here after leaving the best offense in the NFL. Yeah. That was an amazing divorce, by the way. Like, the both parties did incredible. I think they did. Um, there is... I don't regret the move. I think it's worked out. Obviously, it's worked out tremendously well for us. Could have gone better. Literally could not have gone better. Um, but there is a part of me that's like, I still kind of wish he was on the team. Well, uh, don't tell me he doesn't also wish he was still on Chiefs. Yeah. That that would be kind of crazy if there was a reunion there. He's got a lot of money. That's true. I don't I don't think there was like any bridges burned with him from our front office. I think it was basically like, no. you want this amount of money, we're not going to give you that. But we will trade. And there was some some massively drummed up controversy there, like where he was praising Tua, and people took that as Mahomes' shade. Yeah, I don't really believe any of that. I think that was all about just supporting your guy. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, he was clearly pro Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Too. Yeah. So I mean, unless he wins like a Super Bowl with another team, I think he will be remembered as a Chief. Mm-hmm. So I think he should kind of be in that group of like current. Yeah, no former Chiefs players. While we're talking about it, uh, former Chiefs who are borderline Hall of Famers. Honey Badger. Mm. Mm. No, that's that's a good point. Um, he's another guy that's just like such a a special, unique player that a lot of people really like. Mm-hmm. I think he's got the Super Bowl success. He got the Pro Bowls. Got the Pro Bowls. Um, stats were good, and and, and yeah. I think there were times he was viewed as one of the best safeties in the league. Yeah, um, I could I could definitely see him. And, and you can play, well. you can play this game because I think he's cooked. Honestly, I think he's done. Like he, I think we got out at the right time. Yeah, we did. I mean, what 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 did he do for the Saints this year? What's he gonna do for the Saints? Next Saints safety play was bad yeah. this year. The, the best thing you can say about Matthew right now is that he is in New Orleans, close to family. Good for him. Yep, and getting paid some money. I would assume. Yeah, I think he not a first ballot for sure, but yeah. maybe one they can sneak in later on. Yeah, Honey Badger for Hall of Fame campaign right now. Um, back to the to the Chiefs Hall of Fame trajectory discussion. Uh, I've got probably probably two guys in mind. Um, but I'm curious to see what you think. I've got one that I feel pretty good about. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of struggling to come up with one on defense. But you go ahead. So, I'll, I'll give you one on defense. Okay. Nick Bolton. Hmm. He had a, a not, not just a Super Bowl, but a high-profile Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, could have been MVP of the Super Bowl if things had gone slightly different. That's true. That's true. Um... And that guy's a stats machine. He's cranking out tackles. That's what I would say. Like the best, the tackles that he gets is insane. I think he's got the Chiefs single yeah. season record. He's going to end up probably being uh, Derek Johnson's tackle record if he if he stays in the league like another you know five to eight years. Yeah, which is possible. Um, yeah, he's special. He really is. What's your What's your other one's offense? Um, just come on, Bolton. I I love Bolton, but I don't know. Is he going to be like? Consistent Pro Bowl, All Pro linebacker. I mean, I think he's getting name recognition, which is a big part of being Pro Bowl. I know, but mm, yeah, 
I mean, he's he's never going to be considered one of like he's never going to be the best linebacker in the NFL. He does not have the physical attributes. I I think that's the tricky thing though is like yeah. if you're going to be a Hall of Famer, you have to have the, for the most part you have mm-hmm. to have been like at least a top three, four, five guy at your position. Yeah, yeah. And what's tricky about any Chiefs defensive player is that you know when the dust settles, unless something changes massively, the Chiefs dynasty, if that is what is to be will always be recognized as an offensive dynasty. Yes. So if you are a tertiary part of the defense, you might not be considered one of the drivers. Yeah. All right. I want to pick an offensive one now. Uh, I'm going to go with – this one's not even that crazy. I'm going to go with Creed Humphrey. Mm, that was one of mine. Uh, the two things are, one, yep. you could say this about all the guys, but he's got the Super Bowl success. Mm-hmm. And two, this is the second year and he was an all-pro. So like he's got he's gonna have the I think he's gonna be very solid and consistent. Yeah. He's gonna I think play for a long time too. And he's gonna have those like year after year putting up like I am one of the very best guys in my position. Yeah. See his physical attributes are insane. He he is already recognized as top three. Really top two. It's him and Jason Kelsey right now. And Jason Kelsey's yeah. out now. Yeah. So you could already say he might be the best center of the league. Yeah. He was he was one of the best as a rookie. Yeah, like he didn't get recognized for it, but like, if you look at all the people, the stack compilers like PFF and stuff, they were rating him as one of the very best in the league as a rookie. Yeah, just insane. Uh, who's your other offensive potential? Ooh, I'll be honest, I am struggling to think of anyone on offense that I think would be up there. Yeah, there's none of our receivers that I feel really good about. Tooney, Tooney's probably the best bet. Yeah. Um, outside of that. I don't think anyone in the running back room. I mean, Pacheco, who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's tough because, like, all these guys are great players. You know, I think Nick Bolt's a great player. Yeah. Do I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer? Probably not. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of anybody else really on either side of the ball. Yeah. I'll say the one, the one guy that I will at least consider, mm-hmm. um, I think Trick McDuffie is really good. This was his rookie year, and yeah. he was really good. He might have that potential. He really might. So if he develops into one of the top two, three quarterbacks in the league, mm-hmm. I think you could see him. That'd probably be my, my best bet on defense. Here's a, his question. Yeah. Assuming he plays like another 10 years, what about Harrison Booker? Oh, that's another good one. Um, yeah, because now he's had some misses, but dude kicked the game winning field goal in both the Bengals game and Super Bowl this year. Well, and with, by Bengals game, I mean AFC Championship. With kickers, it's about your kind of your your whole career statistics, which I think he will have because again, he's one of the best kickers. He's on one of the best offenses the NFL has ever known. Therefore, he's going to rack up the extra points. Yeah, the, the stats are going to be there. Um, I think he's got some Pro Bowls, hasn't he? All Pros, maybe. It's tough with freaking Justin Tucker. That's true. That's true. Just uh, clogging me up every year, but yeah, yeah. I think I think that could be an interesting one. One of the very first uh, kicker inducted into the Hall of Fame was Chief James Stenerud. Jan Stenerud. Yeah, yeah. I love that guy. Big fan. Yep. 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 All right, that was fun. I, I so okay, if we got the Hall of Fame sorted, you want to talk Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes on the Mount Rushmore of NFL history? Yeah, we'll start with. With old Big Red. Yeah. Um, it, it's tricky when another thing that, like, 
the Chiefs are going to be different from the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Patriots had pretty much all of Tom Brady's career. Yep. Um, he wouldn't want the Super Bowl with that, so that's kind of crazy. But for the most part, they had it. Um, I think Andy Reid probably gets at least half, maybe two thirds mm-hmm. of Mahomes' career. I have a hard time imagining that he's still coaching whenever Mahomes like you know thirty five, thirty seven. Almost impossible. Yeah. Um, so there, there's almost certainly going to be another guy that comes in at Kansas City. Yep. Um, so that's that's a little bit different, but yeah, I think um, you know Andy Reid. He was the thing about him for the longest time was he couldn't win the couldn't win the big game in the playoffs and couldn't win the Super Bowl. Yep. And then he comes to Kansas City. Uh, takes a while, but eventually he gets back from Holmes and wins the Super Bowl in 2019. Wins another one this year. So that that whole conversation, like the only reason you could possibly keep him out of the whole thing, is now gone. Yep. And now that like that part is gone, you you appreciate all the other success. Yeah. Because before it was like, man, look at all the success he had in Philadelphia, but never won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Or kept losing in the playoffs. And now it's like you appreciate all of those. What's particularly amazing, I think, about this Super Bowl, like I think the last Super Bowl made him a Hall of Fame. This Super Bowl took away any reason you would have for making him, like, keeping him out of the Hall of Fame. It, it did, and I think launched him into the greatest coach of all yeah. time conversation. Because time management. They did a fantastic job, clinical, mm. of managing the clock. Jared McKinnon went down, church mode. Yeah. Uh, no scoring here. Not running the ball when you're supposed to. Yeah. We ran the ball. I, I, very balanced. If I'm not mistaken, I apologize if I'm wrong about this. I think the Chiefs ran the ball more times than they passed in the second half of the Super Bowl with an Andy Reid offense. I don't know if that's true, but I'm not going to check. So, yeah. I think it's true. Yeah. I think it's true. Or at least with the whole game. Yeah. And then, come with a big one, won a very close Super Bowl against the Eagles. His, his former team. It's just so, like, Perfectly yeah. aligned, so poetic. Yeah, the poetic like symmetry of like he could never they had to get rid of him because he could never bring home a Lombardi to yeah. Philadelphia, and now literally it's the same guy prevents you from getting a Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's a, it'd be a lot different if they hadn't already won that one with Doug Peterson earlier on, which was his coaching tree. Also, it's true. Andy Reid's coaching tree looking very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had I had a few rough years there where you know. Oh, a couple of Nagy's Pearson got fired. Getting run out of Philly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nagy's back in the fold now. He's yeah. he's he's probably going to be the OC. Yeah. Doug, oh, that's another good Dougie Dougie P is doing good in Jacksonville. We're not doing around the NFL right now. Yeah. But Andy Reid coached tree looking all right. Eric Bieniemy's out in uh out in Washington. You know, spreading the good word. Um. So I'm I'm very much out of my depth when talking about greatest coach of all time. Yeah. Type stuff. I like have heard and know a lot of the big ones. Yeah. So here's your, here's your your options for greatest coaches of all time. Um, for one, there's the ancients. Yeah. We're talking like Vince Lombardi, George Halas, George Halas. Yeah. It's um, kind of impossible to compare those guys I don't know, to like Paul Brown. Sure. I don't. Know. Yeah. That they're playing a, they're playing a different sport at that point. It's, that's absolutely true. So let's talk like post merger 1970. Okay. Um, I think anyone should probably recognize it's. Bill Belichick right now. Okay. Well, I, if I may, just real quick, I don't mm-hmm. think the conversation is, is Andy Reid the greatest coach no, of all time? No. I think the conversation is, is he a one of the best of all time? Yeah. Is so he, he like here top are, 10, top five? Here are the other candidates for like, the, the Mount Rushmore, if you will. Yeah. Right? You got Belichick, 
Don Shula coached the undefeated Miami Dolphins, which is still one of my least favorite accomplishments. But anyway. Wait, why? I, this, I, they, they played a strike-shortened season. I mean, I feel like there's been better teams that have, have lost games because they were they couldn't improve the playoff seating. Wait, the... I just I don't care about the Dolphins. The team that won, that had like the undefeated season? Yeah. That was during a strike year? Yeah. It was, it was maybe it wasn't strike shortened, but it, yeah, it was it was a short season. Huh. Anyhow, I'll have to look into. I didn't. I was not aware of that. That, that might ahead. be fake news. But no, I feel like that bad. might not be true. No, it, <laughs> it was okay. It was like a, it was like a much shorter season. I'll say that much. Okay. Was it, was yeah. Fourteen. It was like thirteen or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Shorter games. All right. Don Julie. He was amazing. Actually, he coached a very long time. Um, Bill Walsh. The progenitor of the West Coast offense. And Bill Parcells. Like he's up there. And Bill Parcells did it with a number of teams. He coached, I believe, the Patriots, the Jets, and the Giants. Maybe the Jets and the Giants. The Dolphins and the Cowboys. Wow. Just, yeah, just insane. Um, and, and I think you can go ahead and add Andy Reid. Because he had he had bona fide success with the Eagles. Now he's had even more success with the Chiefs. I think he'll be remembered as a Chief. Yeah, I think so too. Even if you were retired like this offseason, I think yeah. he'll be remembered. I think this is I'll take a quick second to talk about, you know, if he had lost the Super Bowl, this the Super Bowl, this past one, maybe mm-hmm. seven. Then you kinda of get into the discussion of well, he made a Super Bowl in Philadelphia, he didn't win. So maybe the Chiefs' goal was an outlier, and maybe you know he made a bunch of AFC Championship games, but only ended up winning one Super Bowl. Also, being like one and four, yeah, or one and three in the Super Bowl would be pretty rough. Yeah, and by the way, anyone who's making that case, like, oh, he's not that good, he only won one Super Bowl. Get out of here, I don't care. Well, now you're incorrect because he's won two. Yeah. So we're gonna have to deal with that. Um, here's the here's the way I would phrase it. Okay. Andy Reid is one of the greatest offensive coaches of all time. And especially like a guy that changed the, the way the game was played. Yeah. The only guy who I think might surpass him right now is Bill Walsh. Just because Bill Walsh literally changed the game. Yeah. Like like that and I think Andy Reid would probably be extremely like like, like flattered and humbled to be compared to Bill Walsh. Because that's like he wasn't a direct like he he's in the Bill Walsh coaching tree. He wasn't like a direct assistant, I don't believe, on any of Bill Walsh's stats or staffs. But like he I think Mike Holmgren, who coached the Packers to Super Bowl and then later the Seahawks, was on Bill Walsh's staff. Mm-hmm. And then Andy Reid coached quarterbacks under Mike Holmgren in uh, Green Bay. That's where he coached Brett Favre. Yeah. Andy Reid's most definitely surpassed Mike Holmgren now. I think anyone would admit that, which is impressive on its own. Holmgren just won one, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Just one with the Packers. Yeah, that's that's fair to say. So I I think, you know, I think to me, and if you're talking about offensive coaches, it is, you know, offensive coaches in the relatively modern era, it's Bill Walsh and Andy Reid, and, you know, the order within that, it's going to be tough. It's gonna to be tough for you know even even if Andy Reid matches or surpasses Bill Walsh's championships, I think he's like three. If I remember correctly, three or four. 
with the Niners. The, the Niners won four. Yeah. The, the guy invented the West Coast offense. Yeah. That's tough, it's tough to overcome, <laughs> right? I, I, won't, I won't ever say that my, like Andy Reid revolutionized the game. He had a quarterback that revolutionized the game. I think that's true. But, uh, I mean, I think the, the best thing you can say about Andy Reid is like he grabs offensive concepts from anywhere. Like he, he has accelerated the evolution of the NFL offense by grabbing plays from the, wildly, he grabs plays from the college level, from the high school level, and from the ancient 1930s level. Mm-hmm. Like that guy is just like, like a time traveling offensive coordinator. He's, he's, he's fascinating the way he, they pull concepts from all over the place. Well, the ability to constantly adapt and reinvent your offense and just like to be at the cutting edge of like offensive evolution in the NFL mm-hmm. for like, what, two decades is crazy. Yeah. The, the fact that we were able to rebuild our offense in response to the cover two roof defense is yeah. incredible. Yeah. And, and I paced it. Yeah, not only, not only rebuilt, but yeah, like improved the offense throughout that. The Chiefs were one of, they ranked very low in defenses that were running the cover two shell against them because we had learned to beat it so yeah. well. And like that was no longer the way to attack us. Yeah. It just took like a year or two. And the yeah. same that we were like, oh man, figured out. We've said this for a while. The Chiefs were ahead of the curve in figuring out how to beat that defense. And I think play, like teams like the Bengals and Bills are still figuring that out. Yeah. They're well, still out there. So many good offenses had a rough year this year. Yeah. Chiefs were one of the very few ones that didn't. Mm-hmm. One of the like few ones that had success on offense in previous years and continue to have success. Yeah. So with, with Reed, I don't know if you're ever going to be able to make a conclusive argument that he's better than Bill Belichick. Um, I mean, that goes like straight into my like Patriots comparison yeah. discussion earlier yeah. of like, he's literally the greatest of all time at the coaching position. Um, I don't think Andy Reid, that's like, that's not, that's not the conversation we're having. It's like just, yeah. is he in that mix of like one of the greatest of all time? Yes. I think he is now. Yes. I, I think especially if you're looking at offensive coaches. Yeah. Because history is littered with defensive coaches, especially Belichick. Yeah. Andy Reid. One of the greatest offensive minds of all time, no doubt. Yeah. If I may, real quick, you know the old expression that defense wins championships? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time, I think, when that was true. That time has passed. It has. Offense wins championships now. I mean, when was the last time like an offensively stunted team won Super Bowl? Was it probably the 2018 Patriots? Well, that's a tough question. I have to do some research, which I never do. I think it's the 18 Patriots. Yeah. That smothered the, the Rams. I think I, what I would say is the 2015 Broncos. Because yeah. that defense was legendary. That offense, Peyton Manning notwithstanding, sucked. Well, and I mean, the uh, Seattle Super Bowl team, obviously, that was built primarily around the defense. Yeah. Even then, I would say I would say the Broncos are the team with the worst offense in the Super Bowl in the last 10 years. Well, yeah, I, I think it's true. Yeah. Um, that's all I got on Big Red. Do you want to shift um, to the quarterback discussion? Yes, okay. let's do that. The, mo- the most, the most fraught legacy discussion, I think. Well, okay. So first of all, we're talking about all of these things like as they stand right now. Yeah. 
and we're talking about like the trajectory. Yep. Um, but there's so, still so much unknown. You know, yeah. you just never know how things go in life. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I think we're just kind of talking about things where they are right now. If the pattern holds, it's not unreasonable to think Mahomes could play at a high level for another ten years. Oh yeah, that just, ten years is he's twenty seven right now. Yeah. Thirty seven. I think he's a guy that, especially like with more modern um, like health and diet techniques, mm-hmm. I think he could easily play till he's forty. I mean, I would love that. I, I think ten years is safe. Um. So yeah, the 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 other candidates in you know on the Mount Rushmore quarterbacks, and again we're 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 leaving out slinging Sammy Ball and you don't you know, Y.A. Tittle, the Galpin Ghost, yeah, and uh, any of those other hilariously named quarterbacks in the nineteen fifty whatever. Johnny <laughs> <Not> Unitas, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's him. It's Drew Brees. Sorry, not Drew Brees. Love Drew Brees. Not one of the greatest of all time. One ring. Yeah, <laughs> I love that conversation. One ring. Yeah. Like any any quarterback that did not have two rings. Oh, I used to be like ring. Aaron Rodgers. One ring. One ring. Brett Favre. One ring. One ring. Peyton Manning. Two, two rings. rings. So we'll call that one a draw. Yeah. For right now. Uh, it's 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 Mahomes. It's Brady. It's Peyton Manning. And it's Joe Montana. I think that's about much more right now. I don't know. It, it, if you approach this conversation from just rings, there are some other guys that are up there. Oh, okay, well. But like, if you do like, a combination... Like what, Terry Bradshaw? Oh, I know. Or Troy Aikman? I'm not saying I want to approach it from that yeah. angle. Um, but if you want to, there are still other contenders in there. But I think if you kind of look at it from a combination of postseason success, Super Bowl wins, and just like you know, the the conversation we were having with these other players, like, yeah. consistently one of the best or the best at the position, mm-hmm. I think Mahomes could absolutely be, I don't know, this, this almost feels sacrilegious to even say, but I feel like he could be the best or the second best or the third best yeah. of all time. Yeah. yeah. It's not even absurd to say. I think there's a there's a really key distinction that is lost in the discussion about greatest quarterback of all time. What is that? It, it, for one, it's a reductive argument. Extremely reductive. Yeah. <laughs> Reasons. Yeah. Two, um, there is a difference between playing quarterback at the highest level and playing quarterback at a high level for the longest period of time. And to, yeah. to me... Like longevity versus... Yeah. Like, um, like, Brady is the longevity king. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That guy... Well, he's that, that guy, he put up more of an L on Father Time than anyone has ever done. It's true. He's the only one to win. Yeah. Um, he was a excellent quarterback for a very long time. Yeah. I don't know if it's possible for Patrick Mahomes to be an excellent quarterback for as long as Tom Brady was an excellent quarterback. I mean, it, it's as simple as saying that like Brady's longevity was just an extreme outlier. So for when you approach it from that angle, then yes, that, yeah. that seems obvious. Um, it, it's the thing about Brady that's so tough is he wins those first three really early on. With like he was a, a good quarterback for like yeah. a time, good to average, but yeah. mostly carried by the defense and you know the strength of the team. Definitely, definitely. And then later on uh, in his career, won those next three 
with again like a very strong you know defense, special teams, all of that, but as more of like he's the driving force behind this team. Yeah. And then he went and won, you know, the retirement Super Bowl mm-hmm. in Tampa Bay. So like that yeah. He's kind of a combination of like two or three Hall of Fame careers. He took a very early lead in the Rams discussion. Like yeah. he, he started out it's almost like he had Terry Rodshaw or Troy Aikman's career in the first four years of his career. Yeah. Although again, Chiefs win next year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's all that's all <laughs> projection. And then Tom Brady transitioned into like Joe Montana. Yeah. I think it's a, actually a very apt comparison. Well, thank you, Andrew. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. Because he, he, man, that guy was clutch. He was amazing. He had regular season success. He had amazing statistics in certain, certain years, depending on the personnel. Later on in his career, he did rely on the defense. Again, he did. Um, but to me, I would say Tom Brady is the perfect example of a guy who did it at a high level for the longest. I think it's possible Mahomes does it at the highest level. That like, is very true. Like, I have heard a lot of takes, even from like national pundits that are Patriots fans, yeah. saying that Brady was like the greatest, most successful quarterback of all time, but Mahomes is like performing at the highest level that a quarterback ever has. Yeah. I, I, I can't argue with that. What do you what do you say to that? I think it's Probably accurate. I mean, there, there are huge parts of Mahomes' game that Brady just was not existent for, like the mobility, mm-hmm. uh, extending plays, yeah. scrambling, just like all these things that he can't do. Meanwhile, Mahomes also has just like this insane ability to analyze the field Yeah, um, that's obviously not at the level of like Brady yet, but could be yeah. in the near future. I think he's like, for one, he is the platonic ideal of Brett Favre. It's true. Like, he's Brett Favre's, like, joie de vivre and, like, joy of the, like, like your big old kid running around out there, you know? Uh, well, so he's and, not too much like Brett Favre. In talent and gunslinger mentality. He's got all that, but he doesn't throw the, like, the interception rocket balls like, yeah. like Brett Favre did. You know, he doesn't do the yellow balls as much. Yeah, he got, it, when he was first coming out, he always got pegged as a guy that would throw a lot of interceptions. Yep. And it just never happened. No. There's, like, that one year with all the stupid turnover, 2021. We flirted with it, yeah. But aside from that, he's always been like pretty to very good at protecting. Well, the ball. do you remember the taste coming out of the 2018 camp where like Holmes was throwing a lot of he's throwing a lot of picks in practice, <laughs> and then he was just like testing the limits. He's like, oh, uh, turns out that's an interception. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna do that. Talking about like wacko world type stuff. Yeah. Do you remember that like one moment in like the absolute nadir of the 2021 season where somebody tweeted out like, hey? Patrick Mahomes' cap hit next year to this. As in, like, that would be an impediment for the Chiefs. <laughs> like, hey, they might need to cut this guy. It, it's it's absurd oh, yeah. how far we are from that and how stupid and ridiculous yeah. that tweet was. But, but yeah, but as we've been talking about, Mahomes is usually compared to the gunslinger backyard football type of quarterbacks. Yeah. But... In a like cerebral sense, I think he is much more of like the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady mold. He has yeah. he has an insane preparation. He's got the photographic memory. He's got the pre-snap reads. He's got all of that. Yeah, he's like the perfect marriage of those two styles of play. And I think the the mental ability is going to exceed at a faster rate than his like physical mobility falls off. Yeah. So I think like later in his career. Like, I, 
Obviously, it's it's gonna suck when he if he does start to lose his mobility. I mean, we're talking like ten years. So far it could be ten years before he, he starts to fall off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he. I guess what I'm trying to say is, I think he will be a quarterback five years from now than he is right now, or what he was yeah. five years ago, which is insane to think about. So if you're talking about ring count, who knows if Mahomes is going to ever surpass Brady? If you're talking about Career longevity, doubtful. He's going to surpass Brady. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But doubtful. Yeah. But if you're talking about just like body of work, one of the best to ever do it, like or or potentially the best full stop to ever play quarterback. I think it's within reach. Yeah. And again, I don't want to don't want to live out Mahomes' career in the shadow of Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, going back to our conversation before. Um, but I really, I don't think it's crazy to say at the end of his career, Mahomes will probably be on that Mount Rushmore for greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. And that is just so exciting and so crazy to think about. But it's true. It's not like homerism. Like, it's true. Two cool anecdotes here about the Brady versus Mahomes. Go ahead. Uh, one, I've heard, or actually it's two things. One, after the 2018 AFC Championship game, and Tom Brady went to the Chiefs locker room to talk to Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's an insane moment the more the further along we get. Yeah. I think that will be a moment that's considered neater and neater. It could it could be honestly like the two best quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. Like, where one of them's just saying, like, hey, welcome to the club. You're here now. <laughs> two, I've I, I in all of my content uh um, absorption during this past couple of weeks. I heard someone talk about basically the, like the Buccaneer in one of the Buccaneers camps or practices or something. People were talking about the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and Brady like off the cuff said that like the one quarterback he feared might take his records was Mahomes. Yeah, and like obviously, <laughs> like anybody, <laughs> yeah. anybody would say that. Like, yeah. look at the field of quarterbacks right now. Who would you pick out? Who's the only one that's like even conceivable to do that? Yeah. It's Mahomes because he's already got two. He's just—he's such an Been insane. Like, like, let's 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 list off because because this is the podcast for it. Let's do it. Let's list off all the things that are great about Mahomes. Um, he has the mental acuity, right? He's extremely smart. Has the photographic memory. He's completely committed to being professional. He grew up around you know professional athletes. It's been talked about ad nauseum, but like Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, these are guys he like played little league ball around, you know? He's got uh, amazing arm talent and not just the fact he can throw it really far, really accurate, but he can throw from like any platform. Yeah. The, the different, I think Mahomes like calling card will always be the wacky angles yeah. that he's able to throw. Basically yeah. like the shortstop playing quarterback. I think that's how he will be remembered. He is an incredible scrambler. I'm not talking about incredible running quarterback, even though he has his moments. You know, he has the the you know when someone's chasing him moments. Well, yeah, I mean, look at some of the biggest games of his life. Like, there's some very big yeah. scrambles in there. You could argue that two of his biggest career plays, the the Titans game in the 2019 AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl this year, and even the AFC Championship this year, all three included massive like 20 plus yard runs by Mahomes. Two of those on the Bumankel, which brings me to another point. He's an Iron Man. Yeah. He's tough as nails. Yeah. I mean, he, he's it's totally just, approved of it this year. 
It's kind of like if you're a team, if you're a fan of another team, if you're like a Bills fan or a Bengals fan, you're looking at this and you're like, this isn't fair. Like people are supposed to have flaws. Yeah. You know, like he should at least be like a jerk or something. You know? Um, He's too yeah. perfect. To this point, he is 100% committed to Kansas City as a community. Like, he's not, like, yeah, trying, trying to get out, trying to get to do a big no. major market, none of that. He's, like, invested in every sports literally, literally invested. Um, he's willing to do the Tom Brady, I'll take less than market value so that I can have a good team around me, which is incredible. Yeah. And that's, that's to me, like, aside from everything else, like, I can't see Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or Lamar Jackson, whoever else you want to put up against him right now, doing that. Well, and, I mean, he's a guy that, like, money's not going to be an issue for his entire life. No. I mean, just think about, like, all the money that he's going to rake in, especially now that Brady's out of the league. Yeah. Like, he won't say this if you ask him, but it's 100% true. Like, he is the face of the NFL now. 100%. I yeah. mean, it's, who else would it be? No. No. No one comes to mind. Yeah, no, no one. No, it's incredible. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just like, it's one of those moments where you just like, you sit here and, and wonder if this is all real, that we got the perfect quarterback. Yeah. In Kansas City. All of All of this talking about like how amazing the Chiefs are and how amazing Reed is and how amazing Mahomes is, it all makes me feel like I'm just building up some kind of like, cosmic meteor that's about to like fall down on me. Like, this is all, like, too good. Everything's going too well. Like, this can't happen. Something bad has to happen eventually. Do you get that feeling? Uh, I mean, you know... It feels like I am just, as, like... As, 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 as the Beatles said, tomorrow never knows. That's, you know? Yeah, that's um, true. I feel like it's, it's too good to believe, I guess is what I'm trying to say. No matter what's happened, man, the last five years have happened. Yeah, no, that's, that's completely true. Like, that was such an incredible run that we just finished off, and it's not finished yet. Yeah. But even if, like, you know, like, re-retire, like, for one, it was possible. Everyone was, Jay, freaking Jake Laser was spreading fake news about re-retiring this year. Well, okay. If I may, real quick. Yes. That was just a misunderstanding. And uh, I think it was. Yes, it was. I think it was a vague statement that Jake Laser used to. Yeah. Use headlines. No, I'm not saying like the misunderstanding wasn't mostly on his side, but I don't think he was like, I don't think he was meaning to say something that was inaccurate. And obviously, Reed was not trying to say that. Like, he he has no interest in retiring right now. Why would he? I mean, yeah. this is like as good as it's going to get for him in terms of like his position as a coach. So I think Reed is going to keep coaching until either his health or his like, yeah, you know, family commitments. Put him in a spot where he no longer wants to. He has reached offensive coach Nirvana. Yeah. And he enjoys it. Yeah. He's not one of these guys that like grinds so hard. He does grind insanely hard, but he enjoys it. Like Sean McVay talks about like how this is miserable and you get yeah. sense he's gonna he's gonna stop himself. For any like normal people, it would be. Yeah. Um but he, he enjoys it. So he's gonna keep doing it until something tells him not to anymore. Yeah. Completely agree. 100%. Um yeah. Mahomes is like what do you what do you even say? Uh, <laughs> you can't really at this point. And what's what's wild about it is he's twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven years old. Twenty seven. We're the same age. Yeah. I mean, like with with like Manning, you didn't really get this discussion until he was like in his mid thirties, early thirties at least. That's what's so crazy to me is like there's all of these like I grew up with like the greatest quarterbacks of all time, obviously Brady. Yeah. Uh, but the guys that were up there were guys like Manning and. Drew Brees, 
and Aaron Rodgers. And now Mahomes has like either surpassed or like reached the same level as, in my mind, almost all of those guys. Yeah. Like let's if we talk to the, to the Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore real quick. Peyton Manning, probably one of the greatest cerebral quarterbacks of all time. Always had middling arm talent. Um, I don't know if middling is fair. Yeah, I wouldn't say arm talent like his strength, but like he he he, I don't think he ever had trouble with the deep ball. He might, honestly he might have been one of the best coaches of all time from the quarterback position. Is the way I would phrase it. Brady? Yeah. No, Manning. Okay, you said. I'm sorry. You said Brady. Okay, that's why we were confused. Hayden Manning. Got it. One of the most cerebral quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. Yep. Did it with an okay arm. Did mostly just like one of the most incredible game prep and like pre-snap readers of all time. Uh, two Super Bowls. So he didn't really have like a massive amount of success and the, the Broncos defense carried him for that second one. Well, I see what you're saying, but also two Super Bowls is a massive amount of success for anyone that's normal. Yeah, yeah. But we are, um, we are, we are in rare high day. It's right now. all about perspective. Our perspective is like absurd right now. But yeah. I see what you're saying. And I'll give him some credit because he took a, a good defensive coach in Tony Dungy and Gary Kubiak of the Broncos to Super Bowl success. So he didn't have a whole lot of help from the coaching perspective. Okay? It's kind of similar to Brady in Tampa. Yeah, in, in Tampa, but not in New England. No. But first I want to get to Montana. Montana, one of the most clutch quarterbacks of all time, for sure. Like him, him, him and Brady, to me, are even Steven on clutch ability, right? Yeah. Comeback kid. Uh, and also had a generational coach in Bill Walsh. They won four Super Bowls, didn't they? I don't know. It might have been the Okay, I asked that, but not yeah. going to state it. They yeah. won four Super Bowls. And also had Jerry Rice, who that's a, that's kind of like a that's a Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Like Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and uh, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice. That's that's going to be a good comp one of these days, which is that's insane to think about. Yeah, yeah, but it is. Yeah, it's crazy. Um. And then yeah, Brady. I mean, to to me, it's it's kind of like Mahomes has. Good boy. Mahomes seems in seems likely to outpace Manning. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think he has a chance to outpace Montana, and he has an outside chance of matching Tom Brady in some facet. Now that might not be ring count. That might not be career stats, but I think I think you know by his own admission, Tom Brady is like sitting here looking at him like this guy could be my yeah. Um, I'm gonna I hate the comparison I'm about to make, um, but it's gonna happen. Like I think people are going to. Ref- I hate this is gonna happen, but I think people are going to frame it like Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Yeah. Um, and again, I hate it, but I think that's where we're headed. Um, so I could see a situation where same, same homes retired as like three, four, five rings, whatever. Yep. Um, and people say like, okay, obviously Brady won more Super Bowls. Um, but Mahomes performed at a higher level throughout the course of his career than Brady did. Then you could have that conversation. Um, gosh, I don't want to have that conversation. Let me, let me take it a little more, a little more micro, a little more local. I, I hate that kind of sports I think, talk. I think. Travis Kelsey versus Tony Gonzalez is safe and here. Travis Kelsey, I think, has already done it at a higher level than Tony Gonzalez ever did. And Tony Gonzalez was good. 
Hmm. But Gonzalez did it forever. Do I know if Travis Kelsey is going to do it for as long as Tony Gonzalez did and break his yardage, like his, his career records? No, I don't know that. But I, I, I know that, to, that Travis Kelsey was as good or better than Tony Gonzalez. That's, that's how I feel about Mahomes Brady right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good comparison. Yeah. That's all I got in Mahomes right now. Yeah. Again, like he, with Reed, like you can tell, like we're in, we're at kind of the twilight of his career right now. Mm-hmm. Mahomes, it's like we're still like, Getting started? Let me tell you about another person who's just getting started and is probably a Hall of Fame candidate. Who? Brett Beach. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Two Super Bowls. And this one was way more his than the last one. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Like, a lot of people um, looked at the previous Super Bowl and, like, he made, like, all the free agent, the big free agent signings, like Watkins, Hitchens, Frank Clark. Yeah. To mixed results, yep. um, should we yep. say? Yep. Well, and, and also, like, wasn't his first draft pick Breland Speaks? Yes. Let's, yeah. just, let's just all shoot some freaking. That had, had a spotty draft record to start. Yeah. The, the first year was rough. Yep. Um, since then, it's gotten a little bit better every single year, I think, pretty much. Um, it's tough with him because, like, I don't, I don't know what the qualifications are for. General manager to enter into the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. um, but if you know if the Chiefs dynasty happens, then I think yeah, that, that will obviously like happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to your point, the first Super Bowl, like the stars on that team and kind of the bones of that team, were the result of um, shoot, I am blanking on John Dorsey. John Dorsey, yes, yeah. uh, of his draft picks. Yep. This one, it felt like the bones of the Super Bowl was Brett Beach. Which, let's be clear, John Dorsey, give him his credit. That guy could draft. Oh, yeah. I mean, he drafted, again, let's not forget, Mahomes. Yeah, okay. Chris Jones. Technically Mahomes. Technically Mahomes. It was really Beaches. Um, but Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. and Tyreek Hill, those were all yeah. um, John Dorsey. So, you know, even some of the biggest stars from this one. Or Don Dorsey picks. Yeah, and he actually, he set up a good offensive line. I think people forget. Like, the first Super Bowl we won, Eric Fisher and Mitch Schwartz were our bookend tackles. And that was John Dorsey. Yeah. Did a very good job. And uh, even uh, like Mitch uh, uh, Duvernard Tardif. I think he was playing that year. Wait, was Morse was more our center? Yeah. Wait. No. No. No, 2018. No. You're it right. Was Austin Ryder. Austin Ryder, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I, forgot. I almost forgot about that. Yeah. So I think, yeah, John Dorsey gets some credit for that first Super Bowl. But man, the way Brett Beach did, did two things. One was overhaul the offensive line after the, uh, the Bucks Super Bowl loss. And then overhaul the defense after, um, or in this past offseason. Just the way that guy, it's, it's incredibly admirable. And I don't know how, like, I don't know how he does it. But that guy solves problems with a sledgehammer. It's incredible. It's incredible to see him like identify problems and then just go go after it and solve it in one offseason. Well, and all of these team building things while under the weight of Mahomes' contract, which is huge. Like, I mean, it's big. This was I don't think any quarterback has ever. No team has won the Super Bowl with a, as large a percentage of its cap going to the quarterback position mm-hmm. as this year's Chiefs team. I think that's more market driven than it is Mahomes specific, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So basically, like, 
This this normally does not happen when a quarterback's eating at that much of the cap. It is not normal for a team like that to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and just like all of the rookies that were such huge contributors this year, I think really cement this is like this was Brett Beach's Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I love the like the victory lap that he took right then. Maybe the best quote of the whole parade. Dan, yeah. Honestly, it was like this is what a rebuilding year looks like in KC, and holds up the Lombardi. Well, they knew. They knew, just like, they, they knew this. It was the the hardest mic drop that GM could possibly have. Yeah, they they <laughs> knew we were they knew we were taking a step back in the receiver room. They knew we were we were drafting half a new defense. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's like one of those. If, if we're looking at like do, doing a season review, right? I think at the start of the season we'd probably said something like, "We don't know how the Chiefs' receiver room is going to gel. We don't know how the defense is going to grow over the course of the year." Yeah, and both those situations turned out. Fantastic, I think. Um, I mean, like, look at MVS blowing up in the Bengals game in the AC Championship, whatever. Everyone else was injured, basically. Look at like Juju Smith-Schuster having key catches down the down the line. Or, like that whole like Juju drive, yeah. Or like the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, yeah. Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, catching wide open passes in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, look at how the defense. I mean, the, the defense did exactly what we needed them to, which was grow over the course of the year into a. Average to above average defense. I, I think you would say over the course of the playoffs, they were an above average defense. Yeah. And, and even in the Super Bowl where like they had, you know, a rough time yep. against the Eagles offense, no doubt. Um, but in the fourth quarter, they get a stop. Yeah. And that like allows us to go ahead enough to, you know, at the end of it, ice it. That is, that is what is required of the Chiefs defense in the Patrick Mahomes area is you have to do enough. Yeah. Just do enough. Yeah. And they did. Um, yeah, man. Brett Veach, just like all these guys, it's so hard to find things to say about them. I think he doesn't get enough credit for the work he's done, like in comparison to Mahomes and Reed. I think he's, I think this year, this Super Bowl, he started to get more credit because again, people are looking at, look at all these rookies. How are they managing Mahomes' cap hit? You know, how are they doing this? Yeah, the last two draft classes have been legendary. Yeah, so I mean, look at like, like you know, in one draft class, we got Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, and Nick Bolton. In this draft class, we've got like Isaiah Pacheco, um, Carl Aftis, Sky Moore, Trent McDuffie. And a lot of guys that like the first year or two that we had them maybe didn't explode, but now you're starting to feel like they're really solid contributors. Yeah. Guys like Legereus Sneed and Willie Gay. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot Legereus That were kind of, you know, mysteries whenever they, the first year or two, like, was that a good draft pick or not? Are like really coming into their own now? Yeah. So, it's so good. Um,. Did we already talk about Travis Kelsey? Like we hit him indirectly. You know, the, the wild thing with him is like, I feel like the the is he the best tight end of all time? That's starting to become a foregone conclusion. And the discussion is more: is he one of the best receivers of all time? I guess. Okay, we're talking the greatest tight end of all time. His main competition, Gon- Gonzalez, who we've already talked about. And then Gronk is probably the main one. Yeah. I and, think, and Gronk, you know, he they're more or less the same age, aren't they? They are. That's the wild thing. Gronk's been retired for like a year or two. So especially if the Chiefs, you know, keep winning more rings, if yeah. um, Travis Kelsey keeps catching post to postseason touchdowns, mm. and if he keeps racking up those yards, which I think he will, then yeah, I think there's absolutely a good to solid chance that he winds up being or being viewed as the greatest of all yeah. time. Yeah, his championship competition is Gronk. 
his career stats competition at Soda Gonzalez. And I don't think there's anyone else, really. How old is Kelsey right now? 33. 33? Okay, I just, I'm picturing my head him being like 37, 38, and still just like fighting that soft spot in the zone. Well, you know, I think like, that's good. I'm picturing now. A good comparison for that would be Antonio Gates. Yeah. Because Antonio yeah. Gates could still somehow get open when he was ancient. It wasn't infuriating. Like, I, yeah. It was just a few he just, years he ago. Just, he just, he just had a feel. Yeah. I think um, that's absolutely what Kelsey's going to be later yeah. on. And, and, and when you look at Kelsey, he's never burning. He's never drunk smashing. He is he is finessing and getting in the right spot at the right time and then making play on the ball. I think he can do that for a long time. I really hope so. Yeah. His style of play is uh contributes to like a longer career than Gronk for sure. Yeah. Well, already has. The fact that we're like all of these guys at all these critical positions and we're talking about like could they be the greatest of all time with that like a straight face is yeah. so crazy. <laughs> it really is. Especially especially Kelsey. To me, because you know, Reed came in with the pedigree. Mahomes was drafted, you know, first first quarterback the franchise had drafted in nearly 30 years. Uh, first round pick, top 10 pick. You know, he, he had expectations. Kelsey was a third round pick. Yeah. We didn't know if he was going to be a starter. Yeah. Well, he was, he was uh, injured his whole rookie year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then his early reputation is like this talented but kind of hothead. Which mm-hmm. uh, was almost uncontrollable. Yeah. Tight end has just totally changed now. Right. He's this this veteran uh, leadership in the locker room now. Yeah, this like voice on the sideline. Um, it really is crazy. He's one of those guys that I, I mean, you can already start to see it, but he's going to be like a presence after he's retired. He's got like just charisma oozing out of him. Yeah, he um, has. He definitely has the charisma. He's got energy. He's already he's already had his own reality TV show. Yeah, uh, he's going to host Saturday Night Live. Which is interesting to me that they chose Kelsey over Mahomes. I almost wondered if they didn't ask Mahomes, and Mahomes was like, "Well, oh, okay, we have, I got family." Um, Kelsey's personality fits that a lot better than Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes would be all kinds of goofy on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but not like Kelsey's going to be epic. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, by the way, just as a quick aside, I didn't realize that Saturday Night Live was like still a big thing. Huh? I, I kind of thought that had passed us by. But apparently uh, I was wrong. I mean, I mean, I let me put it this way: I don't know of anyone that's like in my generation that watches Saturday Night Live. I don't watch it. I watch the clips afterwards. I don't think I've ever watched it. I watch it this week for the first. Like, if, I, I I will sit down in my chair and watch Travis Kelsey on Saturday Night Live. I haven't done that for probably ten years. Yeah, I guess like it just it kind of blew up on the timeline there, and I was like. This, is that still a big thing? Are people still excited about this? Yeah. The answer is apparently yes. I think it's actually kind of thriving in the like video clip social media era yeah. where it's like skits can just be something you watch for three minutes. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but that's the thing. is like every every generation of Saturday Night Live is like, oh, these guys aren't as good as the last generation. But those guys are like, that's like the, you know, the Will, Fay- Will Ferrell, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, like the, the ones that have gone and have success later on. But like the ones who are currently playing are still relatively unknown. Anyhow, that's outside. We're not talking about the legacy of Saturday Night Live. No, we're not. We're talking about the Chiefs legacy. Um, um, so Kelsey, Kelsey is hosting Saturday Night Live. I can 100% see him being like a Fox View analyst after he's done. Now, now, like doing the call in the games, no, I don't think he's not Greg Olson, but like 
him him hamming it up with Michael Strahan, hundred percent. Definitely feels like a, a personality. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I could definitely see that. Um, a conversation. I mean, the, we could go through every player on the roster and be like, "What does this mean for their legacy? Uh, what does this mean for Chris Jones' legacy?" Obviously, it's good for all of them. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. Um, I don't want to dwell on this because we'll talk about this more during some of our off-season podcasts, but two guys that got to ride off in, into the sunset, so to speak. Um, yeah. Excellent terms. Yeah. Uh, Chad Hinney, uh, congrats to him. Wins the su- second Super Bowl. Um, played a really critical role in our, you know, route to the Super Bowl this yeah, year. he did. Uh, just been, you know, a nice, solid backup the whole time. Always done what we, you know, would want from a quarterback, or a backup quarterback, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's awesome to be able to retire after winning the Super Bowl. Uh, that's kind of like one of the things that sucks about the NFL is you're almost never able to go out on like your own terms. You almost always like get to the point where like you can't physically do it anymore, or like your team. You almost always wind up in like some crappy Cardinals team, like JJ Watt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, be able to go out like that is awesome. And then also, uh, obviously, he's got a lot ahead of him. But Eric Bieniemy, uh, that was his last. Uh, for now, oh boy. time with the Chiefs. How much do you want to talk about this? Um, I want to talk about like him going out on a good note with the yeah. Chiefs. So we're not, this is not around the league talk. No, we'll, this is, we'll save all of that yeah. for later. Like how we'll think, how we think he'll do. We can save all that for later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for now, uh, it's great that he is. left the Chiefs under like the best terms possible. The two things I would say on him from a Chiefs perspective was one. Like, I think he's getting a lot of credit for the corn dog stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, like, that was that was him picking up on the motion. Okay. So this idea that he's just, like, a rah-rah guy who doesn't call the plays and we involve the game plan, it's bullcrap. I haven't really heard that, but that's cool. Uh, two, man, I think he had done everything he possibly could in Kansas City. Yeah. I think I, he I think, realized that. Yeah. Everyone else realized that. And, and the Chiefs, to their credit, did everything they could to to promote Eric Benamy and raise his profile. Yeah. I believe that. I think they even said, like, Andy Reid stood up in, like, an owner's meeting and said, basically, you should hire this guy. I don't know yeah. why you haven't hired this guy. Yeah. So, like, it, it, they've done everything they could for him. Um, I think this is the right move for all parties involved for him to move on. So I don't, I don't think there's any amount of him that left the Chiefs because he wanted to leave the Chiefs. I think it's all that... He realized, fair or not, probably not fair, yeah. that he needed to go somewhere else where he wasn't under you know, Reed's shadow to yeah. prove that he could do it on his own. So I'm going to 100% be a, a fan of the commander's offense yeah. this, this next season. Taylor Heineken, man. Yeah. That would be fun. No, I, I love A.B. I want him to I want him to do well. Yeah. Definitely hoping for him. Yep. Um, all right. I don't know how long a conversation we want to have on this right now. But just to sum up the Chiefs' current era of football and where it's at, whether or not you want to call it dynasty or not, yeah. Um, five years with Mahomes as a starter, mm-hmm. five trips to the AFC Championship game, uh, three Lamar Hunt trophies, three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl wins. Yeah. Um, it is crazy how like right now, cut it off, bam. Next year never happens. New Year's in the future. Yeah. This is already ranked up there with one of the greatest kind of teams, dynasties, if you want to call them that, of all time. My comparison for you, um, related to something you said earlier, was those 
uh, Miami Dolphins from the 70s. Yeah. Everyone thinks of the Miami Dolphins of the 70s being like one of the greatest dynasties ever, right? Mm-hmm. Which it is. Um, but they won two Super Bowls back to back and they lost one Super Bowl within like a three year span. Yeah. But there wasn't much before that. There wasn't anything after that. The Chiefs have already done that. Yeah. They won two Super Bowls. They lost one Super Bowl. They, they did it over five years rather than three years. Um, but the fact that you can already put this Chiefs era up with something like that um, is crazy to me. Yeah. You know, the term dynasty is thrown around and it's extremely subjective. It, yeah, completely. Um, to me, you know, I know this is a legacy podcast, but to me, dynasty, that is a, that's a historic question. That is, when you look back, yeah. you can answer that question. So it's kind of like you can't answer that question right now. Yeah. I think I think what you could say is the Chiefs are on track to have a dynasty. Do the Chiefs have the Chiefs already have a dynasty? I don't know. Did, I, I, two Super Bowls. That's a big. That's it's a big room. It's I should say it's a small room, but it's too big for everyone in the room to be called a dynasty. Right? That would be like calling the 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 nineteen nineties back to back Super Bowl Broncos a dynasty. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not ready for that. Yeah, you know, not not every team that wins two Super Bowls in four years is a dynasty. But man, I think I think if you look at what they've done so far, like you said in the last five years, and look at how they're positioned for the next five years, it seems very likely. Well, even if let's assume that you never get back to the Super Bowl, people will always look back to this five-year stretch of Chiefs football as one of the greatest stretches the team has ever had. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's like in that sense, we are already there, especially if, you know, win another one or two, mm-hmm. you start just immediately jumped into like, is this one of the greatest dynasties of all time? Yeah. I think you had the Steelers in the 70s. I mean, this is very rough. Steelers in the 70s. One four. Niners in the 80s. Four again. Cowboys in the 90s. I think they only won two. Yeah, they were done. I don't know. But no rings. Patriots in the 2000s and to a certain extent in the 2010s. Six. They had kind of a late career renaissance there. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're talking about the 2020s, especially if you reach back a couple years in 2019, this might be the Chiefs decade. Well, and outside of the Patriots, just since the turn of the millennia, what team has had as much success as the Chiefs? The Seahawks, they won one, they lost one. That's a great question. Has any team... The only okay. team that's even close to up there, or even compared, is the Steelers. Because the Steelers... Or the Giants. Giants, Giants, Giants won, two. won two Super Bowls. It was really only Manning, I think, that made it for those two... It was 2007-2011. Yeah. And that was almost all Peyton, or, uh, Eli Manning. Yeah, that's true, but I don't feel like anyone's looking back at, like... I don't think they were really dominant in those years between, so I don't think that's it was what really... That's what I'm talking about. You, you don't consider the, the Giants to be a dynasty, do you? Well, no, but I think, you know, the last five years of the Chiefs, yeah. Chiefs were more dominant than you know, that Giants yeah. Yeah. era was. That's fair. that's fair. And, I mean, I love Eli Manning, but some of those Super Bowls were a little fluky. But the beating the undefeated yeah. Patriots, as amazing as it is... Hey, you know who should, who should get credit for that Super Bowl? Steve Spagnuolo. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. We didn't even... 
We did not even mention Steve there, Spagnuolo. There's, there's the too legacy, much legacy to go around. Yeah. The man's got three Super Bowl rings out. Who's a chief? Yeah. Um, wow. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Just too much, too much greatness on this team. Mm-hmm. Can't even get around to it all. Um, but yeah, I think you could even, you can start to compare the Chiefs to the greatest teams of all time right now, which is, again, just so insane. And we're not even, you know, like Mahomes said, we're just getting started. Yeah. You know, it's so exciting. Uh, here's, okay, two questions for you. Yeah. Do you think this is the greatest Chiefs team of all time? Second, te- second question is, do you think this is the greatest Chiefs season of all time? Okay, hear me out on this. I think the 2018 Chiefs team was probably a little bit better than this team. 2018? Really? Oh, no, sorry. Did I say 18? I meant uh, 19. 19. The Super Bowl team. Okay. Yeah. I think that team was maybe just a little bit better than this one. Obviously, I think the defense from this year was a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, but that offense from that year was just so high powered, so unstoppable. Yeah. And again, you know, the Chiefs, four scoring drives in the second half. So they, this, you know, yeah. this Super Bowl. That team you had, you had Tyreek Hill and you had Honey Badger. Like peak Honey Badger. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to argue there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe we're not, maybe we're a little too close to really like compare them right yeah. now. Um, was this the best Chiefs team of all time? I don't know. That's such a hard question. Yeah, that, that's tough. Especially because I mean, who knows? Like the, what the nineteen sixty nine team was like. There, there are a lot of Hall of Famers on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, I will make the case for this being the greatest Chiefs season of all time. Just given what the expectation and the obstacles they had to overcome at the start, having Mahomes win the MVP and then winning the Super Bowl in mm-hmm. just an amazing playoff run. It's it's tough because I think the first Super Bowl was like so cathartic. It's like a huge release. It's like, oh my gosh, the Francis finally did it. And the come from behind nature of like the Texans game, the Titans game, and even to extent the Niners game. But this season, man, I mean the Jaguars game, that was fun. Beating the Bengals was huge. I I still might maintain that was bigger than winning the Super Bowl. Not not like I mean the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl, but in terms of like wanting to win the game. I wanted to win that Bengals game so bad. I think the beating the Bengals felt like the more difficult task than beating the Eagles. Yeah, it did. You're right. And I, I think that held true. Yeah. Um, I have some thoughts on that. I was always of the opinion, it, it's kind of strange. There are some Chiefs fans out there that after we won that first Super Bowl, their mentality was kind of like, well, we've climbed the mountaintop. So, like, I've kind of experienced everything I want to as a Chiefs fan. and. Maybe they're not quite as interested as they used to be. Um, and then there are fans like me that gets more interested the more you win. Um, but I think that first Super Bowl will always hold a more special place in mm-hmm. our hearts than this one. Mm-hmm. Because that first one, that was such a long time coming. And there was so much baggage brought into that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Reed never won the big one. It was Mahomes had never won a Super well, Bowl. More like, yeah, is this the guy? Yeah, yeah. Is this the guy that could win the Super Bowl? Win you the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Um, it's true. And then, like you know, the fifty years since the previous Super Bowl, mm-hmm. um, all of those like you know bad Chiefs seasons and all those playoff defeats and stuff is like that Super Bowl. 
kind of like broke all the curses, cured all the ills. It's kind of like set the Chiefs world right. Yeah. And just like that one will always, I think, so many emotions poured into that one. Like that one, it was like such a crowning achievement for all these lifelong, lifelong Chiefs fans that kind of like you're looking back at like your Chiefs fandom over the course of like your whole life. And it's like, I think such a vindicating moment for yeah. so many people. Um, that that one will always like hold an almost untouchable and special place in a lot of Chiefs fans' hearts. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one is incredible. Don't get me wrong; every Super Bowl is amazing. But I felt, yeah, that first one will always be more special. And we said at the time, people said it going into like your first one will always be the most special. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the more the merrier. That's what I said. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. This one feels so good. It, it it's like I think it multiplies, like it, it makes it makes the first one feel better. Yes, well, again, we're going to the back, we're looking back to the beginning of our podcast. What Travis Kelsey was saying, mm-hmm. this one like verified and solidified that that first one was no mistake, it was no fluke, no accident. Like we are this great, mm-hmm. um, and also just like you know, if we don't win this one, you know, all those comparisons change. Like you know, the Chiefs they won one Super Bowl, they lost one. And then we have, you know, a couple of years, you know, well, I guess one year where we didn't make it. Mm-hmm. And then you start saying like, well, are we just kind of like, you know, that Seattle team? Won one, lost one, and they're gone, you know? Or all those other teams throughout NFL history that have done something similar to that. So the fact that you like keep winning, kind of keep this thing going, just totally changes the trajectory. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man. I think I have said, I'm sure there's stuff that I still have to say, but I feel like I've said most of everything I wanted to get out as far as like legacy talk. Yeah. Do you have any more uh, stuff you want to bring up? Well, let's see. Um, this is kind of a, an interesting one, but where this positions the Chiefs franchise. Uh, I mean, I think the Chiefs have always been a very respected franchise. Going back to like Lamar Hunt, founding AFL and by extension the modern NFL. Probably like one of the most blue blood of the a- the old AFC teams. Yeah. Or AFL teams, I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah, to me, being like in that position, but then also potentially having a, a big D dynasty, it's like, I think we're, for one, I think we're, we're the preeminent franchise right now. I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. Oh, no. Um, but like, to me, this is like, the Chiefs are should be up there, should be considered up there with like the Steelers, the Patriots, the Packers, the if you want to go back a long ways, the Bears. The Bluest um, of Bloods. Is yeah. What you're saying? Yeah. 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 The Cowboys, even though they have haven't had playoff success forever. I think it's also it's important to remember that the Chiefs are doing this in an era where the salary cap and free agency exists. You know, I mentioned that earlier, but like think about how important that is. Yeah. Think about like the player didn't want to continue playing with them with, with you. They couldn't just go somewhere else for more money. Which when did that when did that start? Free agency in the South. I do not remember. I think it's in the nineties. I think it's about the nineties. Yeah. So, so like the, those Steeler teams, as amazing as they were, they didn't have those constraints. Like it, yeah. you could bring back the same year again and again and again. Yeah. So to me, the like comparison of the dynasty should be different because it's so much harder. Continued success in the current NFL is harder than it used to be. I think what you have to have there is great ownership group, legendary coach, legendary quarterback. 
if, if, if we're looking at, if we were think, considering, uh, I'm not, I'm not saying anything more than I am. If we're considering two extremely successful franchises post, uh, free agency, it's Patriots and Chiefs. And they have both of those. Yeah. Makes sense. Also, just as a quick, uh, aside, there was a 10 year split between Patriots Super Bowls. Like a 10 year gap. Oh, yeah. People thought, people thought they were done. Yeah. So, I guess what I'm saying is, if this Chiefs, you know, era, if Mahomes in his career and Kansas City has like a big gap between Super Bowls, there's like a precedent for that. Mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would love to win a couple more. <laughs> well, as we talked about, uh, history is littered with teams that have won one Super Bowl or even potentially two Super Bowls. But that third one, that's where it's tough. Uh, it's, man, it is so hard to repeat a Super Bowl champion. It is. Um, even if you've got the resources that the Chiefs do this year, because there's just, there's so much of human nature that is complacent and that is, you know, run it back. Get, let's get the same exact team, do it again. Well, that hardly ever works. You don't want to go and, and draining your cap space to re-sign these players from the Super Bowl team. This is kind of a, a segue, I think, into our off-season podcast, but like, as as great as the moves that have got us to this point in the franchise are, I think there's still a lot of little things we can do between uh, now and the start of next season to keep the uh, keep the potential dynasty going. Yeah, I mean, again, you compare it to all these other teams that go all in to win, they're at like their absolute zenith. Yeah, the chief this version of the Chiefs team still feels like it's on the upward trajectory. Like it could be better. The next year and the year after that. It is morning in Chiefs Kingdom. Oh yeah. Just, just incredible. Yeah. Um, I think we're about ready to close. Uh, any, any final thoughts for the people before we go? Man, uh, yeah, man, just like, like we were talking about, just enjoy it. Don't, don't try to compare. Don't try to project. Don't think about legacy, even if you're talking about it. Yeah. That's, that's things for, you know. Stop thinking about it now. Yeah, legacy, dynasty, those are worked for 30 years from now whenever you're talking about, you know, telling someone about how awesome it was to watch the Chiefs in 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Just enjoy it. Appreciate it. Don't live in the shadow of the Patriots. Don't don't fall into that trap. Nope. Um, that's what the Patriots fans want to do. Um, so, yeah, just enjoy it. Man, we got to watch two Super Bowls. Yeah. Most people don't even see that in, our, in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. All right, that's all I got. Um, I guess we'll be back in a week or two to talk some off-season. Yeah, I'll stuff. say I'll say one of my favorite things about winning the Super Bowl is that you just turn around and the off-season's right there. Yeah, so the fun part of the off-season is like a couple weeks away. Not that far. Yeah. So, all right, that's all we got. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Chiefs Bros. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Chiefs Bros. We'll talk to you later.